0: of you. I am thankful for your faithful support during the 50 years of my ministry here and our partnership together. As you might notice, I am somewhat challenged physically, a little out of practice. But I ask that you would pray for me as I share with you on a very important subject, stewardship. Would you say after me that word, stewardship? stewardship? Because we need all hands on deck, I hope that we can do some mobilization work and resource provision work and enable Los West Angeles to move into the future with flying colors and with strong commitment. Turn with me to Psalm 116, verse 12. Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I will take out the cup of salvation and will call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows now in the presence of all of his people. O oh Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant and the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer unto you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. May we thank God for the reading of his word. This particular psalm presents to us the picture of a man who by God's wonderful power has been delivered from a difficult and a painful ordeal. The nature of the ordeal is unknown. But we know that it was a very serious situation. Verse 3 of the psalm indicates that it could have been an ordeal of sickness. For it says in Psalm 116, verse 3, the pangs of death surrounded me and the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I found trouble and I found sorrow. But this, this psalm could also be a description of emotional distress or of an economic problem. For in verse 8, the psalmist said, deliver my soul. That means save my life. But whatever it was, the psalmist felt that he was on the verge of failing and losing and taking out. He was on the verge of taking his own life. But in Psalm 116, verse 5, the Bible lets us know that the Lord brought him out. For he says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Has the Lord brought anybody out lately? Has the Lord done anything for anybody in this place today? We praise him for it. Verse 6 says, The Lord preserves the temple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Does anybody have that testimony today? Let me praise God for what he's done for you. We've been in a pandemic. We've confronted war, Ukraine. We've had a recession and problems on every hand, but the Lord has brought us through, and he's brought us out. So like the psalmist, we have a victorious testimony. After having been delivered, the right of our text was not one to forget the experience and walk away. His immediate concern was, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? Since God has done so much for me, what can I now do for God? Would you raise your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, you've done so much for me. I want to do all I can for you. If you want to bless the work of the Lord, come on, clap your hands and praise the Lord. What shall I render? Attitude of gratitude. Too often, this attitude of gratitude is not present. It is surprisingly absent. Too often, people feel that what was done for them was supposed to have been done, and that you're not obligated to give God any thanks. So they walk away from those who have helped them without so much as a decent thank you, let alone some kind of appropriate response. That's a very unfortunate absence of benevolent reciprocity in our society on today. Mothers and fathers give a large portion of their life and their income to the raising of their children. But unfortunately, there are many young people who walk away from their parents without even a decent thank you. They never seriously ask themselves, what can I do for mom? What can I do for dad, who's done so much for me? I don't know about you but I'm running into too many seniors whose children have left them to face the difficult, declining, and diminishing years all by themselves. It's a sad thing that so few people have the capacity to be sincerely grateful and to show sincere attitude. And as strange as it may seem, This incapacity for gratitude is most apparent when we examine it in light of our relationship with God. Who is more entitled to our gratitude and our devotion than God? God is the creator, the sustainer, the owner, the controller of all the earth. God said in Psalm 50 and verse 10, Every piece of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills, they're mine. He said in Haggai 8, 2 and 8, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine. Said, I've just come by to announce, you and I belong to God. Come on, tell your neighbor, you and I belong to God. That every beast of the forest, the cattle on a thousand hills, the silver and the gold belong to the Lord and the Lord of hosts. And you and I belong to God. Tell your neighbor, you and I belong to God. Isaiah 43 and 1 says, but now, thus saith the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have called you by your name. You are mine. God says, You belong to Him. You are mine, says God. Then the psalmist reminds them of this in Psalm 100, verse 3. For he said, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we. Ourselves, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. All that we are, all that we have, all that we will ever have, belong to God. It all belongs to him. God has a legal and a legitimate right to every one of us in this place by his power, influence, authority. God is sovereign king of everything. We belong to him. In him we live. Acts 17 and 28. In him we live and move and have our being. What we have belongs to God. I said, what we have belongs to God. But God has entrusted what we have into our hands. He has put it in our hands by His grace. God wants us to enjoy what we have. Tell your neighbor, God wants us to enjoy what we have. He wants us to have the better things of life. There are some people who claim that God does not want people to have a joyous life. But God does want them to prosper, He wants them To enjoy themselves it's not true that God does not want us to enjoy life the good things on the earth were placed here for our enjoyment and the Apostle John said in third John chapter 1 verse 2 beloved I pray that you may prosper and be in hell even as your soul prospers and so God has a legal right, a legal title to everything and to everybody. God allows us to freely choose whether we will recognize his lordship or not, but nevertheless, he is still our Lord and our master. We must decide whether we will allow things and money to have first place in our lives or whether we will allow God to have first place. Jesus said in Luke 12 and 15, take heed, beware of covetousness, for your life does not consist in the abundance of the things that you possess. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's only when God is Lord of your life And Jesus Christ is in your heart that you're really ready to live. I said, it's only when God is Lord of your life and Jesus Christ is in your heart that you're ready to live. Jesus said, the thief does not come, John 10, 10, except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I came by to announce that God wants you to have abundant life. Hallelujah. God wants you happy. An abundant life is a life with purpose. It's a life with meaning. An abundant life is a life that's complete, fulfilling. An abundant life is a life with purpose. Because without purpose, life is not worth living. And the highest and most noble purpose of life was expressed by the Apostle Paul when he said in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is the conclusion that the writer of our text had reached. For he said in Psalm 116 and verse 6, Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant. That's what leadership and stewardship is all about. A steward is one who manages and administers the property of the owner and seeks to accomplish the owner's will. We are stewards administer the property of Almighty God, and we seek to do the will of God. Our life, our ability, our opportunities all come from God. And we as believers are obligated to dedicate ourselves and all that we have to God. Knowledge, energy, time, money should all be presented to God for his service. And those who presented themselves to God for his service, they're willing to do his will regarding the money that he's entrusted into their hands. Uh-oh. I'm talking about money now. Hallelujah. If you presented yourself to God, you're willing to do God's will regarding the money that God has placed in your head. If you won't do God's will with the money you've got, I'm doubtful that you will do his will at all, because our use of money is an index of our character. It's an index of our values. Tell me what you spend your money for, and I'll tell you all about yourself. I'll tell you what you want, what you love. I'll tell you what you're willing to sacrifice for. I'll tell you what you talk about. I'll tell you what you invest You will spend money on everything and on yourself. But tell me what you spend money for, and I'll tell you, as I said, about yourself. We indicate our love for God by obeying his commandment regarding our use of money. Tithe and offerings are God's plan by which believers should support their church. I said tithe and offerings are God's plan by which believers are to support God's work and support the church. Leviticus 27 and 30 says, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land Uh, The fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And tithe means tenth, the tenth part, a one-tenth. I want you to really get that. Say tithe. Tithe. It's the tenth part, part. a one-tenth. The children of Israel fought against the city of Jericho. God warned the children that all the spoil of the city was to be his. In other words, God informed them that they were to keep nothing that they took from the city of Jericho. Everything was to go into the house of the Lord for the support of the ministry and for the work of God. Jericho was the first city in the promised land that God blessed Israel to conquer, he caused the city to be the wall that was around the city to collapse and fall, and then they were able to rush in to the city and take captives. Joshua 6:18 and 19 said, "But you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed thing and you make the camp of Israel accursed." and trouble it. All the silver, all the gold, all the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord and shall come into the treasury of the Lord. And so God blessed the Israelites to miraculously defeat Jericho. But when they, and after they had defeated Jericho, they went to the next city, the city called AI. But when they fought against AI, they were defeated. The blessing of God was lifted. The reason that the blessing was lifted was that a man by the name of Achin had taken what belonged to God. He said in Joshua 7:21, when I saw the spoil of the beautiful Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, I coveted them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. It was only when God's stuff was taken out of Achan's house and placed in God's house that Achan was promised, and the blessing of the Lord was restored. In the same sense... God claims the 10th of our increase for the support of his church. If you know it, clap your hands. I said, God claims the 10th as the source of our support for the support of the church. God has enabled us now, saints, to pay off the debt. The cathedral is debt free. Praise God, for. It. Just a few months ago, we invested $9 million to pay off the debt. And then beyond that, in the next few months, hundreds of people, mostly young people, will move within three blocks of West Angeles Church. And the hundreds of New people are going to move into this area and come to the church. We've got to prepare. We've got to prepare to receive them. We've got to prepare to serve them. Not only have, has that happened, but three rapid train, train routes have been set up just across the street on the corner of Exposition and Crenshaw. Two subway routes have been provided. Hundreds of millions and even billions of dollars of construction is taking place all around us. The music department has had to use what was originally planned as our baptistry area. There's a beautiful baptistry there. But because the choir and the music department needed a place near the platform, we've reserved the use of that baptistry until we can move the choir and the music department all into the Family Life Center. And then you just sit here and look up into that baptistry and see the children of the Lord as they are baptized in water. Let's praise God for that. So hundreds of people along the way, we've got to be ready to receive them, to minister to their families, to their children, to minister to their lives. And we're going to move to the Family Life Center real, real soon. Pastor Charles informed us that we have an air conditioning system that's over 20 years old. It'll take at least... Two hundred thousand dollars to repair the air conditioning system. And so there are challenges before us that we must deal with. And this is why Malachi said that to refuse to give God the tenth he claims is to rob him. And he said, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God says, in tithe and in offerings. And you curse with the curse. You rob me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, that there will not be room to receive it. God wants to not give you a blessing, but he wants to pour out blessing. Anybody know that God pours out blessings? Tell two people, God pours out blessing. Clap your hands. Praise God for it. Malachi 3.6, proceeds the words, saying, For I am the law. I do not change. There are some people who would say that tithing is under the law, not under grace. But I would say tithing is not only under the law, it was before the law and after the law. In Genesis 14 and 20, Jacob promised to offer his tithe at Bethel. Tithing was commanded under the law and under of Moses. And the prophets insisted upon tithe and upon offerings. But then not only the prophets, not only Moses, but Jesus himself endorsed and encouraged tithing. He said in Matthew 23, 23, he rebuked the Pharisees for omitting judgment and omitting mercy, but he endorsed their tithing by saying, This you ought to have done, and not left the other undone. And so Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses confirmed it. Malachi commanded it. Jesus commended it. And so tithing is the plan of God. Is there any witnesses here today? Does anybody agree with me? Tithing is the plan of God. One lady in a church refused to tithe. She went to the preacher and insisted, let us have rummage sales and chicken dinners, and you won't have to be begging us for tithe. And so she went away, and the preacher came back later on, he announced a ramen sale for this lady. And uh, when she heard it, she rushed to his office insulted. How dare you embarrass me and insult me like that? I'm too dignified to have a ramen sale for me. The pastor said, You want to have a ramen sale for God? So I thought I would have one for you. One man told the preacher, tithes were all right when I made $100 a week because I just paid $10 and went my way. But now, I make a $1,000 a week, and that would be $100 a week. The preacher bowed his head and laid his hand on the brother's shoulder and prayed, Lord, when this brother made a hundred dollars a week. Ten dollars was not too much for him to give at his type. But now, dear Lord, you bless him to make a thousand dollars a week and one hundred dollars is too much. Lord, will you take him on back down? <laughs> take him back down to that hundred dollars a week so he will pay his ten dollars a week for the church. The preacher stopped and the man said, I, I get the message. I get the idea. Our preacher went to Bob Harrington of New Orleans. Asked Bob Harrington who was a prominent evangelist for prayer at the altar. He said, I want you to pray with me. I have trouble accepting tithing. Bob Harrington looked at the man and said, there's no way I'm going down on my knees and bow down beside you. If you rob God, I know my wallet will be gone. <laughs> I'm through praying. <laughs> Tithing, yes, was unto the law, but not only unto the law. Believers are obligated to do that, and even more. For the Bible would say, those who did not hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, those who did not know him as Savior, if they brought their tithe and their offerings to the Lord, how much more should we do? I got some folk who drop by on Sunday morning. They don't even come inside the church. They stop me going in, hand me their tithe, and then go back to their automobile and going off about their business. If they pay tithe, then how much more should those of us who are sitting in the house of the Lord, loving the Lord, serving the Lord, how much more should we pay our tithe? Hallelujah. Matthew 5 and 20 said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those who receive the greater revelation are required to offer the greater service. Under whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. We're blessed to do so much, but there remains so much more that we need to do for God. In Matthew 19 and 20, the rich young ruler missed eternal life because he was unwilling to sell All he had and give to the poor. Would God be fair to him to excuse those who won't give the 10th or the 5% or the 20%? Is it be fair to excuse them who won't give that when he was not excused for not giving everything to the work of the Lord? Sharecroppers and tenant farmers used to give one-fourth to one-third of their crop to the landowner. Somebody from Mississippi, Alabama down there, you may know something about sharecropping, but they give not less than 25% of what they're able to raise on the farm to the owner of the farm because that's what sharecroppers must do. Can we really claim to love God if we don't give God tithe and offerings? You may not be able to give 10% right now, but you need to begin to work on it. Start at 3%, start at 2%, and then move up 4%, 5%, until you're able to get to the proper percentage point. Because the Bible says God will open up the windows of heaven and give you a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. How many of you know God can bless his people? We labored and we worked and we struggled, but God came by and saw us in our struggle, and God moved on our behalf. We are able to sell our properties on the North and get the money. In. That was enough money for us to build the Family Life Center and to pay off the mortgage. And God, by miracle, brought us a wonderful, miraculous blessing. Come on, let's thank God for the blessing God gave. There are three people, God is good. I'm ready to sit down. But Haggai chapter 1 says, verse 6, you've sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You put on clothes, but nobody is warm. And then you earn wages that you put them into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord. Consider your way. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, and build the temple. You look for much, but it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house that is in ruins, but everyone runs to his own house. God says through Malachi 310, Bring all the type into my storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And try me not in this, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Hallelujah! 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 Somebody wrote a song and they said, The windows of heaven are open. The power of is falling today. I got joy in my soul since Jesus came into my life. He gave me or took away my role of life. And he gave me a brand new role of life. And that's why I'm happy today. because God can do this. God has blessed us with so much. Our closets are filled. We have nowhere to put what God has given to us. But if you bless the vision, God will bless you. Tell your neighbor, if you bless the vision, God will bless you. If you bless God's house, God will bless your house. If you plant a seed, you'll get a harvest. And so the psalmist and I take some. In Psalm 16 and 17, I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I'll call unto the Lord. I'm not doing this because I'm commanded to do it. I'm not doing it because I want a blessing. I'm doing it because I'm thankful. I said I'm thankful. Are there any thankful folk? in the house today. I'm thankful. I don't want to be seen, but I want people to see how much I love the Lord. I want them to see how much I thank the Lord. You don't give to be seen, but you ought to be seen giving. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, you don't give to be seen, but you ought to be seen giving. Give I'll give because I love him. God, oh my God, has cons- s- sustained us. God has taken care of us. Even during the pandemic, people were dying all around us. But we are still alive. you hey neighbor, neighbor. I'm still alive. Neighbor, I'm right here today. God has been good to me. Tell two people, God has been good. God has been good. And so praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his provision. Praise him for he's so good. So good Come on and praise you as we've gotten good to me. Hallelujah.